0: Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade.
1: A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello, modern lovers. Did you dream last night? Have you ever had a dream that was troubling and you woke up going, what the heck did that mean? Or have you wondered if your dreams have meaning? Are they trying to tell you something? Well, if you're curious about your dreams, today's show is last night's dream, question mark, and we are featuring an expert in dreaming who has spent decades leading people through their dreams in more than 10,000 hours of dream sessions. Roger Kamenitz is a best-selling author and certified dream therapist. He's created something called The Natural Dream work. And if you want to reach him, I'm going to tell you right now, you should go to, that, to thenaturaldream.com so you can find out more about the importance and the meaning of your dreams and get some questions answered. Now, this new approach allows you to guide the unique terrain of your dreams and identify images, presences that have the potential to help you in your life, maybe even help you to heal. So today you're going to learn how this new approach to dreams can change your life. But first, if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area or if you can get yourself here by Saturday at 10 a.m., you're going to want to join me, that's this Saturday, December 14th, in our Modern Love Training Center for a full day of exploration, discovery, and breakthroughs. This is our very last workshop of the decade, and it's called Creating Profound Shift in Your Love and Prosperity Now. Magnetic Attraction in Seven Easy Steps. You can go to Eventbrite, grab your ticket, or email me at love at docway.com. That's L-O-V-E at D-O-C-W-A-D-E dot for more information and you can expect to use seven easy steps and i'm sort of putting my tongue right in my cheek as i say easy because the very first step is looking at what is in the way for you and being able to clear it which is step two step three is a step that we practiced last night in our true love true prosperity mastermind training and it might be the hardest step of all it's forgiveness It's forgiveness, and I can't wait to bring Roger aboard because I have questions for him about what dreams signal that we need to forgive. So very quickly, here's our Ask Dr. Brenda question. This week, my husband and I are celebrating the one-year birth of our daughter. This should be a time to rejoice, but the truth is our relationship has suffered. I've lost interest in having sex or being intimate with my husband, although I still love him. I'm not attracted to him. I visited the doctor who has assured me these feelings will pass, but I'm not so sure. I feel depressed and Mm. helpless as to what to do. It's signed confused. Confused! Oh my goodness. If I had a dime, a quarter, for every new mother who has felt this way after the birth of a child, I would have a mountain of cash. This is so normal. And I have to tell you, your doctor is right. What you're suffering from is a combination of lack of sleep. Having been on that train, you know you're only sleeping in little stents during the night with a baby. You're probably also exhausted because of the lack of sleep, which means your libido is existent because those neurotransmitters that make you feel good and give you libido are gone, G-O-N-E, Now, the things you're going to need to do to get that juice back in your brain and in your body is, number one, you're really going to have to take care of yourself. Uh, One thing I did when I had my first baby is I had a neighbor right across the street who had a baby also, and we would trade off taking care of one another's babies so that we could go take a walk or just go take a bath, for God's sake, or a shower or go get a massage. That was really big time. Renewal. So find a way to create a support system. If you have a relative, a neighbor, a friend, or join a babysitting co-op where you trade with other parents, you need support. So you can take care of yourself. Your brain will recover. If you're nursing your baby, you can't take things right now that will help your brain. But if you aren't nursing, you can take a number of neuroleptic supplements that will help you. You can go to any uh, natural practitioner who will tell you that and which supplements you may need. But it will pass. And before you hate on your husband too much, just tell him, I'm depressed, it's called postpartum depression, normal, I'm going to get help. And I may need you to help me. All right, let me tell you more about Roger Kamenetz. His book is called The History of Last Night's Dream. And this sparked an appearance on Oprah Winfrey's Soul Series. He's guided thousands of people, including rabbis, deacons, Buddhists, in the art of natural dream work. He's worked with hundreds of healing practitioners as well, teaching them how to weave natural dream work into their work with clients. And natural dream work asks us to shift, or sift, that is, fact from fantasy, to identify what's actually happened in a dream. And I'm not going to tell you all about it. I want Roger Kaminenz to tell us. it. welcome, Roger, to Modern Love Radio.
0: I'm happy to be with Modern Love at any time. How are you? Oh
1: good. Happy to hear that. Tell us about you. Would you, Roger, how did you get interested in dream work? What led you down this path?
0: Ah. Uh, um gee, that's a that's a long story, but but the short of it is You know, I've always been interested in dreams. Uh, I mean, I think everyone is at a certain point. I I just kept paying attention to them. I'm a poet, uh, and I felt there was this wonderful connection between the imagination and dreams and the imagination in poetry Mm. that somehow when we dream, all of us, every night, whether we remember them or not, we're in touch with what the poets call the primary imagination, which is this ongoing... um, Really, a energetic part of us that's constantly throwing up images. It's it's doing it by day or by night, but we're only really aware of this prodigious, uh, you know, really marvelous process. So it goes
1: on right during the day also. Is that sleep. what daydreams are? Well, they could be, but it is
0: going on in the day. But you know, uh, actually, the poet William Blake said that he viewed um, his. Waking vision is kind of a hindrance because when you're awake, you're looking at whatever's in front of you. But when you close your eyes, you really get to tune in to this process. Yes, it is going on. You know, The Tibetans call it dream mind, and we can drop into dream mind at any time. Mm. But it's just when we're awake, you know, we're paying attention to other stuff.
1: But you know what? This is something I can remember from being a very young child and having mm-hmm. these dreamy images while I was in class and the teacher, we had mean teachers back in the day. What are you doing Mm -hmm. daydreaming in class? You're not paying attention. And I mean, what do you say to a child who is experiencing that world that you're describing so beautifully and so poetically? What do you say to a child rather than punishing them for having those dreams come alive for them? Yeah, I'm really sorry
0: that happened to you. And, and, and it does well, thank happen. you,
1: thank Roger.
0: You. Yeah, it's, it's kind of terrible, but you're right. I mean, that's a great thing that you could remember. It It, it does happen. And, 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 and also, if I could add that, you know, when we raise kids, I'm a father and a grandfather, and when we raise kids, I heard you must be at least the mother, uh, what you were saying before. Yeah. When you raise kids, what happens when they wake up in the middle of the night, crying and screaming because there's a bear in the room or a monster or something like that, right? And, and
1: mm-hmm. guess
0: what parents do? What do they do? They come to the child and they say, "There, are there, it's only a dream, it's not real.
1: Oh. And we mean
0: well, you know? We mean well when we do that. We're trying to comfort the child. But you know what? What I'm really saying to that child is, your feelings aren't real, and your imagination isn't real. Mm. Now, I happen to believe that the fact that we have imagination is very real, and in fact, the fact that we dream is the most marvelous thing of all—not the content, the analysis, the interpretation, but so the very fact. So, what would you say to a child dream, if a child
1: is having dreams and they're upsetting? What uh, would you say to the child?
0: Well, of course.
1: Because I, I know all the, the parents out there are like, "What do I say? What do I say?"
0: Right. It's not about what do I say. It's go to your heart and be with the child, comfort the child, hear the child out, ask the child, um, you know, what happened? What did you see? Affirm, oh, you saw that. Oh, that is scary. You know, validate the feeling part of it, and and um, and then you know, you'd say maybe I know what were you. Where did you feel that? It, did you feel that in your body? Was there some part of your body where you felt that in especially, or was it all over? Um, what did the monster look like? Can you remember? And really what you're trying to do is kind of accustom the child to her own feelings. And, you know, terror is a very real feeling. And maybe dreams are giving us a chance to get more used to it so we don't freak wow, out and react to it that's powerful. All
1: the time. That's very powerful, yeah. Roger, because we tend to want to shut children down, and as parents, right. believe that this is good. And what we right. don't need in this right. world are more numbed-out people. I can absolutely sign on to that with you.
0: Well, let, so, me, let me touch into that for a second. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You have no, Go ahead. no,
1: please. Take it away.
0: Well, I was just going to say that that when you affirm the reality of the child's dream and of the, of the child's feelings and of the power of the imagination – you know, one of you, that's the first thing. That's the, that's that's what we should do. That's what, you know, the parent asks what to do. The second thing is, you know, could you make a drawing of this? Could we make up a song about this monster mm-hmm. together? Could we play with it a little bit now? You see what I'm saying? Like, kind of bring it into the artistic area or the expressive area if if, if you can. Can we dance it? Can you show me how the monster moves? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm getting at? That that's great. Way you begin to play with it. Um, the other thing is, um, well, I was going to say, um, that, you know, we might ask, and and this might not all happen all at once, understand, you know, it might come up again. Do you ever feel that way when you're awake? And Mm -hmm. when maybe do you feel that way? Interesting. So that you're doing a little detective work into the child's own experience of feeling in waking life dream helps um, you locate it. you see what I'm saying?
1: This is so, so valuable, Roger, because I'm getting in such a strong way how much what you're doing is supporting and validating the child, that it's okay to have feelings, to explore them, to be with them, that you're there to support mm-hmm. them. But it's also okay mm-hmm. for them to have their own experience and get familiar with it and also have these tools, dance it, sing right. it draw it, be with right. it, so they have tools. Right. So how did you actually get started in dream therapy?
0: Mm. Well, basically, um, I wrote this book called The Jew and the Lotus about the Tibetans. So we, I was with a group Say of Say the name of that rabbis. book again,
1: please. Say that again. It's
0: called The Jew, the Jew and the Lotus.
1: The Jew and, and the uh, Lotus. That is a great title.
0: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, I love so it. So this Thank you. We're, we're actually in our 25th anniversary. The book's been in print for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, gist, the main point I wanted to make is that Tibetans are world masters of visualization. And so I began to explore, well, you know, what about in other traditions? What about my own tradition? You know, what's there? And I, I met a teacher in Jerusalem named Colette who taught me how to do visualization And then I met a teacher in Vermont, Mark Bregman, who taught me how to work with the images and dreams. So Mm -hmm. um, I trained with him for a number of years. I wrote the book, The History of Last Night's Dream, that you mentioned. And now in the last um, 10 or so years, I've been kind of on my own. I've graduated from his work to uh, help create my own. So that's lovely. And story. And did you
1: discover that there are messages in dreams that we should be paying attention to?
0: Mm, I guess what I'd say, and it it goes along with the example we just delved into, we should just pay attention to the dream itself, not so much to do something, you know, to extract a message or interpretation, which really, you know, is our reflex in this culture, but simply to experience it, deepen our experience of it, and let the feelings that are in the dreams guide us. So um, I'll give you an example. I, I gather you're out in the West Coast, right?
1: San Francisco, so you
0: ha- sitting right on the dock oh, of the lucky bay. Oh, you. <laughs> oh, that's gorgeous. So I used to live in San Francisco years and years ago on Fell Street. So, Oh, my God. Look. I
1: know yeah, it well.
0: I was a panhandler. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I grew so, up just so, up the hill. <laughs> okay, there you go. So if you go up into those beautiful redwood forests that aren't too far away and mm-hmm. you're taking a walk and you look up and you see a particularly beautiful redwood and you're sort of staring up at it, Suppose someone came up to you and said, now, Dr. Brenda, what does the redwood mean? Wouldn't you sort of look at him like, what? (laughs) What does it mean? I'm feeling it. Right? So that's the same way I want us to be with the images and presences in our dreams. Not so much to interpret them, but to feel them. So, in other words, um... Now, I'll say something that will sound really strange, okay? And I hope it doesn't, but maybe it
1: will. We do I strange say here. Are, Go ahead. <laughs>
0: okay, good. I always say there are no symbols in dreams.
1: Hmm. Now, that what does what sound do I mean? Strange.
0: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Carl Jung is so, rolling in his grave.
0: Maybe. But this is what I mean. Let's say you have a dream. Maybe you have had such a dream where there's a lion. Have you dreamed of lions?
1: No. Think so. What's
0: your what's the animal that shows up in your dreams?
1: Uh, probably panther. Oh, okay. Well, so you're in the cat family.
0: Okay, so mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna that's fine. So let's say you dream of a panther, and it's there, and I mean, my goodness, to be close to such an animal, um, one would think there would be a lot of feeling, maybe terror, fear, all maybe all those vibrating back and forth, right? A lot of feeling, and um the experience in the dream is not of a symbol of a panther, but of the real panther. You see what I'm saying? It's not a symbol in the dream; it's, it's a lion. You're
1: okay. So you're I, actually I, having the experience that this thing in the dream is real. And
0: of course. The, the
1: big question for most of us is: How do mm-hmm. we know if it's a significant dream? How do we know? Because of
0: the, how much you feel. Okay. Sorry so if it's you. an intense yes.
1: feeling, then there's something significant,
0: yes. right? Right. Like in a other words, point word, scale. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know your own scale. I mean, there's no sense in my saying anything. You know the difference between slight fear, a chill maybe, and total terror. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I had a client had this dream, and he was with a bunch of people and they were all huddling together when the dream opened because there were lions walking around. And, you know, they, he felt in the dream that, oh, if I move, the lion will see that and come my way. So he was trying to stay very still. And you can almost imagine that the fear he was already feeling. And then, of course, the lion comes right up to him, and he feels the lion breathe on him. Now, that's an incredibly intense moment. And mm-hmm. That's deep feeling. So so one clue about this is is it sensual? Is it in your senses? Like here he's feeling the breath of the lion, seeing the lion. So are the senses engaged? Is it close up? Does it seem to last a long time subjectively? Right? All of those things are indicating intensity, aren't they? So yeah. really in a dream, space, time and feeling are all working as one to intensify. If you're close to something and if you spend more time with it, you feel it more. If you're seeing it from far away, if you're seeing it on a, you know, lions on a TV show, or if you're seeing lions from some high post above them all, it's not as intense, is it? Mm-mm. mm mm-hmm. so You see what I'm getting at? So yes, yes. What we, what, what we do with Natural work is we put an interpretation to one side we took the idea of meaning, in a way, to one side, and we go back to the experience, and we ask the person to re-up it, to feel it again, to feel it more deeply, if possible. And that's the medicine. It doesn't. It's not a message. Because you, I think, I don't know you, but I get the sense from what you're saying that you get that feelings are really, really important. And really, when we Bathe in feelings when we absorb them, this is healing. This is restoring our imagination.
1: Now, that's an interesting concept. I've never looked at it like that, Roger. Say some more.
0: Sure. Well, I'll put on my poet hat for a minute, right? So there was a. And the poem sound is going heard, up
1: and down just a little bit. Are you right on your mic?
0: Oh. Okay. No, I'm pacing around. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll stop. When I talk, I walk. I'm really sorry. I understand. I'll, I'll stay yeah. still. Okay, so when you were, you know, this poet, William Wordsworth, had a, um, he fell in love during the French Revolution. He, he was with a French woman. He had a daughter, and then he had to leave. And he became very depressed and he couldn't write. And he came to understand that what he was suffering from, we would say, oh, he has depression. And we might even say, you know, take this medicine or that medicine. What he said was so interesting. He said, I have impaired imagination. Okay? My imagination has become impaired, damaged. What was the cure? The imagination is restored by images. It feeds on images. Not just any image, by the way, but the, especially the images that come up naturally from our own imagination the images in dreams, or when we're in waking life and we
1: see mm. and feel deeply. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. He, he actually believed this method was to go to certain moments in his life that were intense. It didn't matter if they were sad, painful, beautiful. It really didn't matter as long as they were intense. And by recalling them to mind, they help restore the imagination.
1: So for him as a writer, of course, his imagination was crucial. It's his tool. What about everyday people who aren't necessarily writers? Mm -hmm. What's the value? Right.
0: Well, I believe the imagination is in every person. When we speak of artists, we're talking about a little more complex process where they have a craft, whether it's painting or filmmaking or music, to respond to what is thrown up by the primary imagination. But we all have primary imagination. That's what's producing the images in our dreams four or five times a night. And your question is really important because that's at the core of what I do because I I work with everybody. Imagination in dreams reframes our, our um, way of looking at problems. So, you know, you had, you know, someone has thinks, oh, this is my problem. What's my solution? And we're so quick to jump from problem to solution. The dream can totally reimagine the whole thing in such a deep way and come up with a different way of looking at it all. So I think that's, a, that's one of the great gifts of dreams for all of us, to reframe our situation.
1: So the um, dream and, is actually yeah. something that helps us to work through a problem, work through something. You know, this is making sense to me. I hope it's making sense for everybody who's listening, that when we're mm-hmm. struggling with something, being able to see it from a different perspective is helpful right. and maybe the dream is giving us that different perspective is that what you're saying?
0: It totally gives us a different perspective. For one thing, when we think about our problems, we're often thinking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right.
1: We're, right. we're using
0: categories and abstractions and maybe what somebody said to us or what we read in a book, but in our dreams we're we're feeling them and we're encountering them directly. So um
1: I'm, ah, so it's a more an, direct approach,
0: yeah. and it's a feeling approach. It's yeah. you know, images are also always carrying feelings. Um, right. I can give you an, an example that I think will make a lot well, of we sense. We have just to
1: you. a few minutes left, unfortunately. So, do oh. lead us through the example, please. Oh.
0: Okay, We're having way well, too much fun here. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, I'm glad. I'm happy. Um, Well, a simple example is that when we dream of those we've lost, and most of us have had those dreams, and they seem very, very real to us, right?
1: Yes. And
0: suddenly the person is there. Um, You know, um, I I had a client who had a dream where, you know, he was very distant from his father. And by the time he had this dream, his father had long ago passed. But the dream took him to this moment when – he went off to college, and it was probably thirty years before the time he had the dream. But there is his father, and his father. He says goodbye to his father. He's standing under a certain near a fireplace, and then he turns around and comes back to his father. The thing he didn't do thirty-five years before, and he gives him a hug and weeps. And Aww.
1: suddenly, so the yeah. dream, in a way, gave him the chance to close the circle. And to have the experience that he needed to have That's absolutely lovely So Roger, let me tell everyone how they can get in touch with you Those of you who would like to have this kind of deep work And have a way to really encounter uh, the meaning, the healing, all of the beauty In this level of awareness that we all have I'm convinced of it, Roger, certainly is an expert in it Roger, give us the website. I believe it's thenaturaldream.com, correct?
0: You got it right. T-H-E, thenaturaldream.com. The
1: okay. And the book and, is The History of Last Night's Dream. And Roger has a course, everyone. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in trainings and courses, obviously. We offer a lot of them here with Modern Love Training. And how do they find out about the course? Is it at that website?
0: Yeah, although there is a simple website, um, it's sort of a mouthful, Natural Dream Work. We better do just, one, uh, just
1: one website because okay. if people are not able to hold on to Got one, it. they won't get the will get the second. I'm, I'm sorry. Put the,
0: <laughs> I'll put it on the front page of thenaturaldream.com and they'll find it right there. How's Beautiful. That?
1: And the name of the course. As soon as
0: we finish talking. <laughs>
1: the name, it's, of the, the name of the
0: course is, yes, Natural Dream Work and the Sacred Encounter.
1: Natural Dreamwork and the Sacred Encounter, and go to the website, thenaturaldream.com. I know you guys, right. and I know you don't want to hear more than one website. That's why I'm holding you to one. All right, we're talking right. today, you guys, with Roger Kamenance. Roger is the author of the book, The History of Last Night's Dream. He is hand down a beautifully conscious interpreter maybe that's the wrong word teacher of the meaning and the value the value of understanding our dreams so i encourage you get to the natural dream.com roger thank you for being our guest today we really appreciate your wisdom and i'm humble
0: but thank you dr brenda my pleasure cool to talk with you
1: My absolute pleasure. And thank you to Cliff Dunning, our executive producer. All of you get to Eventbrite right now if you are listening before Saturday, December 14th. And grab your seat. Grab your seat right away for Creating Profound Shift in Your Love and Prosperity Now, Magnetic Attraction in Seven Easy Steps. And these steps are based on accessing the power of your own heart. So I can't wait to be with you to help you get in touch with and work with all the power you have already in your own beautiful heart. All right, modern lovers, I love you all. Many blessings. Be with you again soon, perhaps on Saturday. See you then. Bye-bye.